Help us to hear. Help us to digest. Help us to apply uh, every single morsel that you pour out of heaven to our spirits. And then, Father, help us to be willing participants in the process as well. Again, Father, for all of us, Lord God, we come from different backgrounds with different things on our mind, different pressures, Lord. But yet, uh, you have the ability to speak to us as individuals. Uh, so, Father, let that happen today. We are receptive to you, Lord. We are receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What do you think when you hear the names Danny Glover, Jackie Chan, Angelina Jolie, Whoopi Goldberg, Roger Moore, who was the former 007, Serena Williams, Katy Perry, Liam Neeson, Lawrence Fishburne, or Dizzy Gillespie? Most of us would immediately think and consider that they are all well-known actors, actresses, sports figures, and musicians. And if you thought that, you are absolutely correct. But they all also share one characteristic similar among them. There's one thing that all of them have in common. They were all, or have been, ambassadors of one type at one given point in their lifetime. They represented an organization or a country in spreading goodwill or harmony to other people or other nations. Would you consider yourself an ambassador? Do you represent any organization, any nation, or anyone? If you are in Christ, then guess what? You are an ambassador. If you are not in Christ, you are also a representative. You are also an ambassador, but not an ambassador of truth, not an ambassador of light, but of a dark source, whether you admit that or not. The question, however, for you today is, who or what do you represent? Years ago, I recall, as I was coming home from high school one winter time, and as I was waiting on the bus, the bus was taking a long, extremely long time to get there to pick me up, so I decided I would walk home. And as I was walking down the street, I was about uh, 10 minutes away from my house at this point, and the bus never came. And I came across a couple of guys on the street. And they looked at me, and they stood in the sidewalk, and they asked that now infamous question. Who do you represent? They wanted to know, 
of which gang affiliation I had. And I looked at them, and I looked behind me, and I looked across the street, because first thing I was trying to do was trying to figure out my escape plan. And then I said, with all this ice and all this snow, I'm going to be in big trouble. So I looked at my instrument in my hand, and I looked at them, and I just said, look, man, I don't represent it. I represent myself. All I'm trying to do is go home. I've been at school all day, in the music program all day long. I'm tired, and all I want to do is go home. Well, what school do you go to? And I told them the school. Because I could have easily said the school across the street from my house, the high school across the street from my house. That would have been the smart thing to do. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell them the truth. And I told them, and then they looked at me and said, all right, you can go. You cool. Who do you represent? What are you an ambassador of? Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you are a believer, you are an ambassador of Christ. If you are a believer, you are an ambassador of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. Paul writes, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. An ambassador represents their home country to foreign countries or, or, or nations. They are diplomats of the highest sort uh, who represent another but not themselves. Uh, the United States, we have ambassadors of all stripes representing this country in a variety of ways and concerning a wide range of interests. But as an ambassador, you must be willing to get your instructions from those whom you represent and deliver them without, without alteration. Else, how could you be considered to be a true representative or a true ambassador? So this means as an ambassador, you need to deliver the message and you may not necessarily be in agreement with. Uh, else, if you deliver another message other than the message that was given to you, then you would be deemed unfit to be called an ambassador because you are only representing other interests and not of those who have sent you. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 13 says this, Like the call of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message uh, reads it this way. It says, uh, 
He writes it this way. Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Refreshing, he says. And then in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 6, the wise guy says, Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. And then again, Eugene Peterson in the message writes it this way. You're only asking for trouble when you send a message by a fool. So uh, never send a message by a fool. You, in other words, don't send a fool to represent you. The apostles, they were ambassadors. And so are you if you are in Christ. Uh, we understand this is as we remember uh, what the Great Commission said, what Jesus told his disciples. Remember, remember that in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus told his disciples what? You remember that first command, and it was go, he says. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we, just like the original disciples, are supposed to go and make disciples. And then we are to teach them. Teach them what? All Jesus commanded them. All Jesus commanded us. And so if you are mystified about what you're supposed to do as a Christian, then you have some marching orders from Jesus Christ. And one of the things that he's told us, he's told us to go and make disciples and to teach them. So as an ambassador you are directed to faithfully dispatch every single message, every word that was given you. In other words, you are to stand in the stead of the leader. Uh, when you show up, it's just like that leader being there. When you show up on the scene, it's just like Jesus himself being there. Our passage clearly tells us that we are to be ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to stand in his stead. Like the ambassador of a country, what good would it be if we showed up on the scene and we spoke for ourselves? This past week, as I walked into the barber shop, and I sat down and I was waiting my turn. For some reason, in our shop, uh, they had lyrics, a song playing and the lyrics with all type of profanity going on. And I got up, and I looked at my barber, and I told him, I said, look, this is not a place that I want to be. He's like, what do you mean? I said, all this profanity going on. I said, there's ladies here waiting with their sons like they're about eight, nine years old. And you mean to tell me this is the type of thing that you have in your establishment? And he later told me, he says, yes, that was not unprofessional. Oh yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't turn it off. And when I told him, I made sure everybody could hear me too. I didn't just whisper it in his ear. And they put on new music and they put on gospel music. I, you know, I didn't tell them what kind of music to play. I mean, that was great. 
You know? I just said, you know, that's, uh, that's not right. Because I'm thinking about my own spirit, and I'm thinking about who I represent. And would Jesus sit there and say nothing? We have a choice as ambassadors. So, being an ambassador, you know, when we consider about, you know, whether or not we speak for ourselves or we, we, we speak for another, some of us take the position, uh, you know how it is in conversation, that, uh, you know, I can't speak for anybody else. All I can do is speak for myself. You said that before? So, I can't speak for anybody else. But Jesus calls us to a higher level. That we are supposed to always speak for Jesus. So, well, when you are in Jesus Christ, everywhere you show up, you are his ambassador. You are ready to speak for him. Whether you think it's the right moment or whether you don't think it's the right moment. We are not to say, I can't speak for Jesus, but I can speak for myself. No. Now I know that you are not God, and neither am I. And I'm not saying that every word you speak as an ambassador of Christ uh, should be added to the Bible, because I know every word that you speak will not be added to the Bible. But it does say in our passage that you are Jesus' ambassador, and you have a specific message to relay to those who you're around. But do you know what that message is? whether you are faithful in delivering it. As Paul speaks to the Corinthians, he had a specific message of reconciliation. So Paul's message was that of reconciliation, and reconciliation was with God. As Christ's ambassador, you too point to the bridge from death into life, as the Apostle John would say. And while we are not the bridge we most certainly can direct others to that bridge. Uh, for instance, when he asked uh, John the Baptist, are you the Christ? Uh, John the Baptist says, no, I am not the Christ, but there is one that's coming after me who is the Christ. So we can point to that bridge, that bridge being Jesus Christ. He is the bridge, and he is also the destination because he is also God. Because Jesus himself, in him is life, and life abundantly. So Christ's ambassadors, which you and I should be, and if you are not, you need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior who can redeem you from sin. Christ's ambassadors have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians Verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Paul says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, and not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You hear what Paul is saying? That because of the message that you have, that God will not count the, the trespasses of other folks against God if they receive Christ. 
Because of you. Because of your faithful message. Folks will be reconciled to God. Have you ever been trusted with a key to the door? I can't remember the exact day or the exact year. But I remember the moment when I was first entrusted with the key to our house as a kid. You see, prior to that, uh, when I came home from school, uh, from grade school, uh, that I had to go to my neighbor's house to have them to uh, come and unlock the door to my house so I can get in. Or I had to go to them to get the key, go unlock my door, and then take the key back to them. Or I had to just go stay with them until mom and daddy came home. And as a kid, that, all, that always mystified me. I could never understand how a stranger had the power to let me into my own house. So even as a kid, that felt strange to me. Uh, but, but the day that I was given the keys to the kingdom, I mean the key to my parents' house, uh, that I, I was on cloud nine. I was in a state of euphoria because, number one, when I came home, no one else would be there. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I could come home. I could scream. I could throw stuff on the floor and have no accountability. But also, number two, when I came home with that key, I was my own man. And I could do whatever I wanted to do. But greater responsibility also requires greater accountability. So as a carrier of the key uh, to that kingdom, and again, that was my parents' house, to me, that was our kingdom. I was responsible for not letting anyone else in that house, especially when I was home alone. You see, with that key uh, to the kingdom, I was substitute king. I was uh, the king when I was there alone. Uh, no one could tell me what to do. And by the way, I was 17 years old when my parents first gave me the key to our kingdom. And boy, did it feel good. And oh, just kidding, I was younger. Amen. Ambassadors Christ have been entrusted with the key to his kingdom. So our message as ambassador is not only to represent Jesus Christ in the physical presence, but also to tell others about the love that God has for them. This reconciliation is a coming together of two parties that were previously separated due to a rift in the relationship. You see, God says when there's a rift in the relationship between me and mankind that I'm going to be the one to repair it. See, it was people, Adam and Eve, you and me, who caused that rift between us and that relationship, that deep relationship with God. So now, through Jesus Christ, uh, there is a way back to the one who loves us. But with all the infractions we have committed against the Lord, listen at that. Everything that we have done against the Lord, uh, everything that we have done, it was deserving of what? Deserving of death. 
the wrath of God. God could kill us for everything that we have done against us. But instead of using his wrath upon us, instead of uh, issuing us a ticket straight to hell, uh, what did he do? That he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to love us. Who's deserving of that? It's like in our relationships. A lot of times, uh, we don't want, uh, someone makes us mad, then all of a sudden we no longer want to talk to them. We don't want to see them any longer. God told us that we must forgive. As He has forgiven us, uh, be reconciled. Be reconciled. Be reconciled. God is calling us to be reconciled to Himself one another. So as ambassadors, we are supposed to be the ones who convey God's mercy. Imagine if you would, if we are the ones who have an issue with another person, but yet we're supposed to be his ambassadors, and we don't even take his message to heart ourselves. Hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Here you are, or you're supposed to be the one that talks about God's great love. You're supposed to be the one that talks about how much God loved us. That he came from heaven to earth to show us the way. But yet we don't want to hear anything else anyone has to say. You were a hypocrite. Our ambassador's message is interwoven with our lifestyle. As an ambassador, your message it is mixed in with your lifestyle. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 and 17. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And we uh, touched upon that uh, last message when we talked about new wine and new wineskin. So we must view things as spiritual in nature. And that on a primary level. Uh, the things that we see, the things that we experience, they all are spiritual in nature. This is what I believe Paul speaks of when he says, we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, what I see is not what I get, uh, that you can't tell a book by its cover. During the day, there were people who were boasting about being something they were, they were not. You know folks like that? They're always talking about how big and bad they are, what they can do. Right. Paul said that's nothing but other nonsense. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 12. Look at that. As Paul says he was not boasting of himself. He says this. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause. So if anyone is going to boast, it's going to be you boasting about us and not me egging you on to boast about me. So you just be careful. Anyone that's talking about how good they are, this, that, and the other, that's something and someone that you need to be aware of. But giving you the cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast 
about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. So here it is again. If you are wondering, you know, how uh, do you look at another person? You look at what's in their heart. You see, people will give you lip service until the sky turns uh, uh, orangish black. They will flap their gums until kingdom come. But Jesus says, don't look at what they say. Don't even look at necessarily what they have done. He says, look at their heart. Paul says that they once thought of Jesus Christ in the same way. See, you can be ignorant of the facts. And when you're ignorant of the facts, it's easy to default and assume the worst about anyone and everyone. In fact, Paul and the Pharisees, they thought Jesus was just the head of another cult that had come along. Here it is. We have another one of these uh, crackpots in our midst. And they're just trying to make headway into our nation. Trying to get the money of, the, uh, of our nation. Just like so many had done in the past. Therefore, what did they do? How did they respond to Jesus and the disciples? They persecuted anyone that got in their way, or they were able to find. Uh, look at Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 58. Acts chapter 7, verse 58. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. This is Stephen. This is Stephen. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And remember, Saul is Paul. Saul is Paul before Jesus changed his name. Verse 59. And as they were stoning Stephen, he cried out. This is Stephen who cried out. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Is that the way you would cry out to the Lord? When someone's trying to kill you? Well, you said, Lord, kill them all. If I have to go, kill them all too. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Acts 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of his execution. He was a leader, obviously. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. Verse 3. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering House after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. That's what the Apostle Paul was doing before he knew Jesus Christ. You see, at that time, Paul was 100% certain about his assessment of the disciples of Jesus. He was certain about who Jesus was and that Jesus was just another nobody. Make an assessment of the disciples of Jesus, again, is to make an assumption about Christ himself. The two are linked together. And of course, Paul later found out who Jesus really was when Jesus knocked him off his high horse. Is that what you need to finally come to Christ? For Jesus to knock you off your, 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 your high horse? Is that what you need? 
So Christ's ambassadors have obtained their new positions by getting Jesus and getting rid of their old positions. Again, it says, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. There's a newness about you. Is there a newness about you, or do you smell like mothballs? Do you smell like old, moldy clothes that's been in the closet since your great-grandmother was alive? People, uh, since your aroma, they smell just oldness. You see, when you are in Christ, when you are a new uh, creation, you can be a hundred years old and smell like a newborn to Jesus. Amen? In God's economy, we shouldn't have any usage for the oldness of life because it was full of death and destruction. Dead bones. How is the stench of death compatible with the newness of Christ? Do you have the newness of Christ or the stench of death following you? You see, part of our fight is against that constant pull to return to the way things used to be. Some of you recall that old boyfriend and old girlfriend. And how at one time that you used to date them, and then it just got really, really bad, and you couldn't wait to get out. I'm glad to be out. The next thing you know, they start talking all that smack, and you say, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't that bad after all. And there you go, tipping back to the way, uh, the way it used to be. Because now you are, are missing that relationship. And forgetting about all the bad stuff that happened, and now you're back in the same place. And you ask yourself, what was I thinking? Why did I return here to the same old, same old? In Christ, you not only get a new life, but you also get a new title. So why do you do what you do as Christ's ambassadors? 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. It sounds like double talk, but it isn't. Christ's ambassadors do what they do because his love, the love of Christ, it controls us. But how does the love of Christ control us? Is it once Christ's love gets a hold of us, we begin to no longer to use our brains and, and, and we can't stop what's happening to us? Is that what it is? Is the love of Christ controlling us as a puppet master controls a puppet? Are you just a robot? Are you only a puppet? So imagine if you would, uh, a stack of letters. Right? You, let's say you have about 20, 30 letters or so. And you need to mail them. And you just finish working through them. You need to get them to the post office. And you know you picked them up and they fell out your hand. And, but you say you need to have a better control over this. So what you do is you go grab a couple of rubber bands and you place them around the stack of letters. Right? So that rubber band, what it does, it keeps all those things together. 
because they're meant to go together because they're going to one place. The same thing happens if you've ever seen uh, a, a lot of boxes that need to go one place. Uh, oftentimes you'll see a, uh, a plastic strap that goes around them. That plastic strap keeps things together. See, that's the way uh, how the love of Christ controls us. It's like that strap. It's like that rubber band that it keeps us together. Helps us to be, it helps us to do what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. We are not controlled in that traditional sense uh, by the love of Christ, that is, but instead the love of Christ, it binds us together with Him. It keeps us uh, uh, on track in an alignment with the will of God. You can always ditch the one you love after a period of time. You can start to feel stifled, you think. You start to feel uh, to be what you are not because I can be something else if I was somewhere else. You start to think that this relationship doesn't make any sense, but in a healthy relationship where love is present, what's pressuring us to be wild and uncontrolled is the way we used to live. Those old feelings start to get revved up as you ignore why you left the old way of living in the first place. It is the love of Christ which keeps us together in our minds and in our spirits. It is the love of Christ which is truly about relationship, which helps us understand the extent that God would go to in order to have us to himself. So as ambassadors... It's a primary call of believers. We must be aware of the binding and the compelling power of Christ's love is what keeps us together when it gets tough out there. But we must remember the context behind this great love. Jesus died for all so that all could live. 2 Corinthians again. 14, 15, he says what? Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised, was raised from the dead. Ambassadors of Christ do what they do because Christ died for them. Someone who saved your life, wouldn't you go to the greatest extent to do and to give them whatever they want? Wouldn't you have a spirit of thanksgiving for that person? This message of hope and help should resonate with every person on the face of the earth unless they are being deceived. Just this past week, there's another story about a, a couple of young girls, I think it was, who had a plan that they were going to kill a group of three or four other of their classmates. And they had written out a plan and how they were going to trap these other people. And the reason that they were doing it, because they said that they, were, they wanted to give a sacrifice to Satan. This past week. This past week. That's not help. That is not life. 
In fact, that plunges one further down the spectrum of hopelessness. You think that you're going to satisfy the adversary, but he's going to take you down flaming with him. But if one looked at their situation and then looked to Christ, they would discover a love that would compel them to do better, that would drive them to an eternality in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are an ambassador of His good news for which we not only speak it, but we also live our life as ambassadors. Don't be double-minded as an ambassador. Right? Because the scripture says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his or her ways. So when we think of all the leaders in the world that have been represented by all types of ambassadors over time, no world leader rises to the standard of Jesus. While it may be true that some have done plenty of good deeds, and we thank God for that, all have not risen to the occasion of Christ. But Christ, for whom we are ambassadors, put his entire life on the line for those who would eventually represented him. Can you imagine that? Us, that Jesus wants to use us, you, me, as his ambassadors. Who are we, God, that you are mindful of me? So we started off by talking about the role of the ambassador, how it is their job to faithfully represent the one who sends them. How then do we live in light of who Christ is and what he has done for us? How do we live in light of his death and his resurrection? As ambassadors of Christ, we are to represent the Lord well. People listen to what we say, and they watch what you do. If we act in accordance to the way we used to live, they may think unfavorably towards Christ. They will see Jesus in a negative light by the way that we live our life. Instead, we are to proclaim Christ's kingdom as effective and faithful ambassadors to the world or our little world where we exist. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again today for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called us and reminded us that we are ambassadors of Christ. And Lord God, we ask you that you would also forgive us if we have not spoken that ambassadorship if we have not lived it out, forgive us. We confess that before you in the name of Jesus Christ. There may be one under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So this idea of being an ambassador of Christ makes no sense because it is not reality for you. But as we read in the scripture, that Christ, that he died for all. Christ died for all. He died for you. Is there anyone that does not have a relationship with Christ that you want that relationship today? We want to share him with you. We want to lead you down that path so you may have redemption in Jesus Christ. Again, Scripture says,